India is now the largest site outside of the United States for Boeing with over 5,000 people because it's full of these capabilities that Boeing can use. That was Ryan Veer, Vice President India Commercial Sales and Marketing at Boeing Commercial Airplanes. A Boeing veteran, Veer began his career at the company in 2003 and has earlier served in commercial and sales director roles, among others. His previous role was as Vice President of Global Leasing Sales. LeaderCast is a podcast series by ISB Executive Education. This podcast features prominent business executives who are redefining functions and industries and what it means to lead in an era of accelerated change. Welcome to LeaderCast. With us today is Ryan Beer. He's the Vice President of Commercial Sales and Marketing for India, Boeing Commercial Airplanes. Thanks for joining us, Ryan. Thanks for having me. So can you tell us a little bit about your time with Boeing so far? When did you begin your stint here and um, how is it going so far? It's going very well. I'm coming up on uh, 21 years at the Boeing company. I started uh, straight out of university, almost by mistake. Um, I went to college actually to become a teacher, decided to pursue other degrees, um, that being engineering technology and then manufacturing and supply chain management. And with that, pursued an internship at Boeing. Um, in industrial engineering, actually on the 747 program. And as part of that, uh, interviewed for a permanent position in a uh, new hire um, early career development program and was lucky enough to be a part of that. So for the first two years as a permanent employee of the Boeing company, I rotated through a number of functions at Boeing, mainly in finance, but also in contracts, sales and marketing. And really, despite my background in engineering and technology, really found a passion and interest in in finance. Um, So for pursued that um, at Boeing Capital Corporation, which was uh, Boeing's captive finance unit. Um, Spent about three and a half years there, um, had a a wonderful experience, and then transitioned into the sales and marketing, um, where I've been for about the past 15 15 plus years. Worked a variety of assignments. Um, We started in what we call core marketing, um, so helping prove that Boeing airplanes are the right solution for our airline customers. Um, And then also helping many of the airlines um, in developing countries pursue financing through the U.S. Export-Import Bank by assisting them with the information memorandum um, process to help obtain financing for for credits that would have a hard time finding financing otherwise. Did that for a couple of years and then transitioned actually into a chief of staff role for the head of sales at the time. Spent a couple of years doing that, had a wonderful experience, giving me good visibility of the entire uh, sales and marketing organization, and then started my official career in sales as a sales director and for the past, I guess, for 12 years doing that, um, worked a number of accounts, worked accounts in Korea is where I got my start and worked with Asian Airlines and a number of the low cost carriers that emerged in Korea, then spent a number of years in, in China or working Chinese accounts with the Chinese lessors that emerged um, in the 2012-2014 timeline, went back and focused on accounts in the Americas. So after my time in, in the Americas, Um, I covered the Air China account for about a year and then was asked to lead the global leasing team for Boeing Commercial Airplanes, which covers all the the leasing companies that operate um, and purchase Boeing airplanes um, over the globe. So that spanned accounts in Dubai, Singapore, um, those in the Americas. And after a year of doing that, was asked to come here to India um, to lead the India team here. And I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Just moved to Delhi about three months ago um, with my family, and we're, we're really thrilled to be here, um, not only for the, you know, the professional side of it, but just to be in India at this time, witnessing this development, such a positive experience personally and for, for my kids that I know will take away a lot from as, as we move forward. 
That's great. It's interesting how you started off wanting to be a teacher and here you are now at an inst- at an educational institute. Sometimes I look back at my my career and it, it almost seems like it's been a series of mistakes or just just different, not, not necessarily mistakes, but just you think you're going to do one thing and you end up doing another. And in the end, it all it all has has worked out. But let's talk a little bit about that. You've donned quite a few hats in very different kind of functions. And then you joined into a VP role at a very young age. So uh, how did that feel? And could you share some key lessons that, um, you know, you've gained across your journey? Maybe did something like working across different functions help you to get there? Yeah, I I'd certainly think that, um, well, a couple of things. I've had good fortune of being able to see a number of parts of the Boeing company in, in part because of the rotation I program I did early in my career. Also been very fortunate to have some wonderful mentors who have put a ton of trust in me as as I've developed as an employee at the Boeing Company. I, I guess when, how did I feel? I mean, I, I felt great. I, I you know I I never necessarily um, had my mind determined I was going to be a vice president. It was always something that I, I wanted to do. Um, but with each successive role, I've never felt like I was ready for that role. Um, but it's been those mentors and managers that have put their trust in me and given me the confidence that I can. I think what I've learned most throughout my career is that I think it just comes down to hard work and doing the job that you have at hand and not the one that you want. And focusing on on that um, enables you to, to, I think, be your best. In fact, I, I often tell people that I talk to, I remember being very early in my career at Boeing and a senior Boeing executive told a bunch of us, you know, young employees, someone asked how they got to his position. And he responded by saying, well, I was in the right place at the right time. And I remember being so frustrated as a young employee, full <laughs> full of ambition. Like how could someone tell a bunch of young ambitious employees that it was about being in the right place at the right time? You know, I, I think as I've, I've worked through my career and I've talked to others now who have similar ambitions, I think you make your right place at the right time by doing your job, focusing on the your tasks and by doing that, you know, the right place at the right time will come up many times throughout the career. And so it's not fate. It's based on hard work and really doing a good job. And, and that's recognized. And I think Boeing does a very good job of recognizing that and promotes people that, that, that exhibit that. So that's great advice for a lot of our younger listeners who are just stepping into their professional careers. Do you also have some leadership lessons or insights for people who are managing others and leaders? You know, how can they encourage innovation and disruption within their organizations? Sure. I think the first thing is being humble and never believing that you have all the answers. It's important to rely on your team, in my belief, and and rely them to get the answers. And then you're there to facilitate the answers that are going after and connect the dots within the organization to make sure you optimize the solutions that they're, they're looking for. I think another key part of maybe enabling innovation and encouraging disruption of the organization is, is listening. In sales, I'm, you kind of are on both, both sides of it. And I think many people believe of sales as it's this negotiation strategy and you have all the answers and you have all the, you know, the counterpoints. I think the biggest aspect of sales and in many leadership roles is just listening, listening to what the company has to say, listening and understanding the initiatives that the customer needs to accomplish, and then what Boeing needs to accomplish, and then and then working those things together. But listening is is has been so important in, in my career, and I think by demonstrating that you are listening and you care of other people's opinions, they're more eager to share, which drives the innovation um, within a company. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that. 
So let's pivot a little and move into the aviation sector. So we've seen significant growth in the recent years. What do you think are the primary drivers behind this growth? And how do you think Boeing is positioning itself to capitalize on this trend? Sure. Well, first, I mean, I think, you know, the obvious answer is, you know, about 1.4 billion potential travelers in India in a developing economy with a demographic in terms of the age that is ripe for wanting to travel. And um, I think is starting to experience the benefit of, of travel and the ability to connect people, places and things through aviation. So I only expect that to, to continue. In terms of what Boeing's doing to position itself to capitalize on this trend, you know, I think a lot of it was with the company's decision to send somebody like myself here in India to lead the country. Typically, we've we've supported India in either Singapore or back from Seattle, and, and it became apparent over the last few years, given given the growth um, in the country, that that was no longer adequate. Um, so we've established another new office in in Gurgaon area in Delhi that my team will be be located at the sales and marketing team. We also have established a a team of about 20 individuals called the Global Support Center. Um, we have several throughout the world. We've just added one here in India. Their job is, is to look at the industry from a, a broad view um, and identify issues that we need to resolve to help the, the aviation industry prosper here in India. It's made of a team of about 20 you know, aviation experts, whether that be in flight ops engineering, maintenance engineering, program management, to help facilitate solutions to some of the problems that airlines are facing today as we we develop the aviation sector here in India. So thanks for sharing that. I think that's uh, that really helps us understand a little more about what Boeing plans to do in India. So let's talk a little bit about the current facilities that you already have in India, the 43-acre complex that came up in Bangalore and another freighter conversion facility here in Hyderabad. So could you tell us a little bit about these projects and how Boeing will be leveraging them to get into the aviation market, how you're planning to innovate, um, what are your future expansion plans and anything more you can shed light on? Sure. sure. I mean, I think I'd start by saying I don't know if any of these things we're doing are to leverage the capability. I think we're doing these things because it's the right thing to do. It's because India has the talent, um, the engineering resources, and the capabilities that Boeing can really, really use right now. And then that will help facilitate, you know, growth for Boeing in country. But it's more about just India's full of these capabilities that can help Boeing and the entire aviation sector grow. So as you mentioned in Bangalore, we're just about to open a, what will probably become about a 3,000 person facility of, of made up of engineers, of in you know avionics engineers, mechanical engineers, structural engineering, excited for that campus. And, and you know with that campus and with the hiring we've done in India over the last couple of years, India is now the largest site outside of the United States for Boeing with over 5,000 people. And it, it goes back to what I, what I said to, to open on this question is just because it's full of these capabilities. Uh, that Boeing Boeing can use. We also have, you know, you mentioned the BCF facility. We're in the process of partnering with uh, GMR in um, Hyderabad. We're excited to get that up and running. Hoping in the next, you know, 12 to 15 months, we do the first freighter conversion. You know, it, it's interesting the the freighter market right now because of economic conditions is a little is a little soft. And it, but it also speaks to the demand of airplanes right now. The biggest problem we have, or one of the larger problems we have with converted freighters at the time is actually finding airplanes to convert um, because passenger airplanes are in such demand right now that those airplanes aren't available. So in some respects, it's a very good good problem to have, um, but we're excited to see 
the first conversion app happen in the next 12 to 15 months. You know, in addition to those two sites, you know, we work with Tata. We have manufacturing facilities in, in Hyderabad as well. And we've produced 200 plus Apache helicopter fuselages there. And we're now producing the Max vertical fin. In total, I think we have over 300 suppliers in India. About 25% of them are smart, smaller, medium-sized businesses. And annually, we do about a billion dollars of sourcing in India. So as many of us like to say in Boeing, there's a small piece of India in every Boeing airplane. And I think what's most exciting is that that sourcing and the engineering work we're doing, these aren't on old heritage programs. And the engineering that India is doing is for the 777X, which is our newest airplane. Um, it's for Wix, a WISC, which is our eVTOL program. Um, so the capabilities in India are driving the future of aviation, not sustaining what's behind us. So we're excited about that. And, it, you know, it, other things we're doing, we're opening a spares distribution center in Delhi. It's about 30,000 square foot f- f- a square foot facility, excuse me. Um, it's going to host about 11,000 parts and make operating airplanes in India easier. So they have parts on demand if they ever have issues with, with their airplanes. Additionally, we're making over a $100 million investment in training pilots in country here. And again, so this is just about creating the right ecosystem. I talk about it a lot, but the next phase of orders and our, our future growth in India is in large part going to be based on how we develop the ecosystem here in India and not just on the capability of our products. Um, so that's what the myself and the entire team here in India is focused on. So you just spoke about, you know, developing the entire ecosystem. So what do you think could be a disruptor for the entire ecosystem or the aviation sector? Maybe not just in India, but also globally. Yeah, that's a, that's a good good question. I mean, I think in part, we, we may already be starting to experience it. I think, you know, sustainability is a good disruptor for sure. And it will be interesting. I don't think we've, we've written that whole story about how it will shape the industry going forward. But I know having fairly young kids, the number of questions I get around sustainability and just the awareness of what we do and its effect on, on the earth. And these are eight, 10 year olds that are going to be the next generation of flyers. And their, their view of flying is going to shape how the industry needs, needs to change. You know, the other one is eVTOLs. I think less so of a disruptor maybe in what we traditionally think as long haul flying you know, flying two, three hours. I don't know if eVTOL in the, in the near future is going to be a disruptor, but I do think it will change how we maybe get to the airport. And um, I mean, you think about markets like uh, Bangalore, where it takes, you know, two hours to get to the airport from the city. How can eVTOL um, disrupt that? And that's why we're so focused on on WISC, um, Boeing's eVTOL, and there's a number out there. So I think that will be a big disruptor going, going forward. So... Of course, we can't talk about growth without talking about sustainability. And India is already con- contemplating a 1% sustainable aviation fuel mandate by 2025 and even raising that to 5% by 2030. So what do you think are the opportunities and hurdles for airlines and airplane manufacturers to meet and exceed these goals? Sure, yeah, we're more excited about, about those mandates. We've proven, the industry's proven that sustainable aviation fuel is a viable way to fuel airplanes. Another focus needs to be on how much SAF or sustainable aviation fuel is available. Um, obviously, price is already always going to be a consideration. And the airline industry is a historically low, low margin business. Fuel is already fairly expensive and sustainable aviation fuel needs to, to match um, the existing pricing in order to really have it take off, uh, so to speak. But it does present a huge opportunity for us. I think the one benefit that 
India houses as it's developing, it can accommodate some of the the, the ease of which we can get sustainable aviation fuel into airplanes as it grows versus a more developed um, aviation sector that has to, to redo things. Um, so India can kind of design its growth around the ability to, to use sustainable aviation fuel. And as I, I mentioned before in a previous answer, I, d- I think this is so important because it's going to be top of mind for passengers. It is today, starting to be today, and will continue to be you know, a discriminator about how people travel going forward and the effect that it has on our environment. That's great. Thanks for um, thanks for sharing these insights, Ryan. And yeah, I do hope like your children are asking you questions about sustainability. I'm sure a lot of um, young kids are thinking about it. So I think it's it's great that companies like Boeing are considering you know um, considering this as a very serious mandate. It was I think it was a lovely chatting with you. And good luck for uh, your time in India. And I hope you enjoy it. Here. I don't think I'll need that. We're, we're enjoying ourselves. <laughs> That's great. That's great to hear. So, yeah, thank you so much, Ryan. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you.